ComC is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 27 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time and ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. To stay updated with ComC, please follow them on social media at Check Out My Cards, one word, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn about offers, promotions, and more at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Last week, I opened up the Wax Pack Hero wallet and I bought another collection. It was a big collection. It was an entire attic in someone's house here in town. And it was there was a mixture of everything. There was some cards, there was some toys, action figures, things that date back to the 1940s. Product packaging, McDonald's packaging, just a lot of different collectible items. And it was more of a collectible collection than a pure card collection. But there's still a decent number of cards in there. And so I, I'm at three truckloads so far, and I've got one more to go to get it out of the attic. But then it will be a process of learning because there's a lot of things in here that I'm not as familiar with that I'm going to be doing some research on. But we were able to come to a price that worked for both of us. I think it'll be a lot of fun to go through, but there's going to be a lot of work over this next several months to get some of these things up and listed, but there will be more to come. I'm sure I will cover more detail about this on future episodes, but I'm just scratching the surface on this latest collection, but that that took up a big chunk of this week through the, the negotiation and now starting to get it hauled away. Today's guest continues our Super Collector series, and today I'm welcoming Brad Askew. He has a super collection of Eddie Murray cards, and I first heard of Brad at on Dr. Beckett's podcast, and then I met him face-to-face at the 2021 National in Chicago, and, and we are now hooking up here for a conversation about his Eddie Murray collection, and so we'll, we'll start that conversation after I tell you about Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by Collectors for Collectors that's breaking almost seven days a week across Facebook, YouTube, and Loop the app. You can also visit them at their brick-and-mortar shop in Knoxville, Tennessee to see their full selection of wax, singles, supplies. If you want to see their break schedule this week, go to udogcollect.com. And when you do, make sure you tell them that Wax Pack Hero sent you. Today I'm joined by another super collector. Brad Askew has a collection with a big focus on Eddie Murray. Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. I've been a fan of your podcast for years now, and um, I think I've listened to virtually all of them, and I really enjoy the show, and it's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks. I appreciate you coming to join me. I heard you first uh, when you joined J- Dr. Beckett on his show, and then you and I had a chance to meet face-to-face at the 2021 National in Chicago and chat for a few minutes there. And now here we are almost all the way through 2022, and I'm finally getting an opportunity to have you come on to the show and, and continue the Super Collector Series. So let's start with you telling me about your card collecting origin story. Absolutely. Thanks, Um 
I really started in about 81 or so. Um, basically, my and did it largely with my dad. Uh, his brother had gotten into cards. My dad had collected as a kid. Uh, and he told me, you know, he had tons of cards that his mother threw out, unfortunately. And those would have been, dad was born in 39. So those would have been probably late 40s, early 50s cards, which is painful to think about. You know, the Bowmans and, and Tops and everything, but they all got thrown out. Uh, but when we got into collecting, um, it was really, um, you know, really a great thing. My mom told me years later, she'd had conversations with him about, you really need to find something to do with Brad. Y'all can spend more time together, a hobby. And then it just kind of came, fell into being that we started doing cards along with my uncle. Um, it was about 1981. I remember distinctly everything with Donruss and Fleer coming out. You know, that was the first year of all of that. We did a bunch of um, shows, you know, local card shows and found local. There were a lot of lo local, you know, card stores popping up at the time. So we did those. Um, so we really, you know, had uh, had a great time with that. I distinctly remember us even going to like Chattanooga, Tennessee and going to a local show uh, there that had Eno Slaughter as an autograph guest. And, you know, just cool memories like that that you have collecting and doing stuff with your dad. Uh, yeah, he and I really shared a passion for sports as well as for cards. And the two kind of melded together, which kind of made sense. Um, so we really enjoyed that. It really getting into the hobby taught me a ton about the history of baseball. You know, I, I learned, you know, a ton about players. I know a lot more about players from the fifties and sixties and seventies than I do from the last 20 years. As I've gotten older, you know, I've kind of lost touch a lot with the local or the new game or the current game from that standpoint. But, you know, really had a, a wonderful experience. Um, we went in at full bore, Mike. We collected every top set from 1953 up at wow. that time. It was incredible. Yeah, we did it within a few years. I mean, of course, then they were expensive then, but a drop in the bucket compared to where they are now, of course. So, but we put together all of those sets. Yeah, we had a 55 double header set and a 55 football American that I loved and all kinds of sets and stuff. Um, since many years ago, probably by the late 80s, early 90s, we sold off a lot of those vintage sets. Oh, I still no. have some. Yeah, I wish I still had them. If I had them today, guess what? I'd be selling them because mm -hmm. <laughs> there'd be so much money. But uh, I did fortunately keep a lot of stars. We also, in addition to doing the sets, we put together a series of, of books at the time that my dad called premium books, which was basically one each of a bunch of superstars, tops cards, and some Bowman too. But we had everybody from Aaron to Yout you know, all their cards, you know, in alphabetical order, in in, uh, in books. And that was a lot of money, too. And didn't keep them all, you know, sold off a lot of the big ones over time. But I still have a very nice collection. I, you know, I, I sent in about 100 cards to PSA to be graded uh, a couple of years ago. Finally got them back and glad to have those. So, yeah, that's kind of my origin story with, with collecting and, and haven't, you know, haven't really stopped the whole time, even though obviously there have been periods as I got older and college and marriage and everything else that it slowed down. But started off with vintage and then got into Murray actually in the early 80s. So so tell me about that. You know, a lot of that focus early on, it sounds like, was really focused on vintage. Yeah. What, what drove the connection to Eddie Murray? Yeah, well, we did, you know, we were vintage, but we were also up to the new. We not only did the vintage, but we were buying cases of all the new cards. I mean, we we bought, 
84 tops cases vending and 85 and opened them up and sorted them into vending boxes and are into monster boxes. And I still have thousands of those as well in the basement, but uh, you know, that kind of made sets, all that. So it was, it was modern and vintage. It was basically everything back then, largely baseball, a little bit of football, other things. But um, anyway, with Murray, you know, I, I became a fan of his in the early 80s. I distinctly remember I was aware of him through collecting because we had started in about 81, obviously, and he was really just getting going with his career then. He had started in 77. Um, I actually had watched him in the 79 World Series, but I was pulling for the Pirates then. I didn't really know him then. Uh, the We Are Family Stargill team from back in the 70s, you know, late 70s. And then um, I just distinctly remember watching a – Late in 1982, the Orioles were in a big pennant race with the Brewers down to the last weekend. And I remember there being a Saturday game of the week, and they were talking about Murray while they were playing the Brewers and praising, you know, what a great young player he was and blah, blah, blah. Became a fan right there. And then the very next year, I followed him as the Orioles won the World Series, and Murray had another great year, and I was hooked ever since. But I still didn't really – I had a ton of his cards because Dad and I, you know, had so many collections and – various sets we bought i had a ton of his cards but i don't think i really made the distinct decision to put together i'm gonna to put together one each of all of his cards in in albums probably until mid to late 80s and i just started doing that now i have three albums of older cards and about 20 vault boxes and numerous uh tubs of bigger items and it, it never ends so let's talk a little bit about that distinction, right? It sounds like when you first got started putting your Murray collection together, you were trying to get just one each of, of his playing days cards. And for right. some super collectors, they stop there during the, the playing days, right? Um, but, but you mentioned big vault boxes full of, of other cards. So how, oh, yeah. how did you decide to go from kind of just putting together a, a, a run of playing days cards to what you know many would call super collecting and, and trying right. to go even beyond that yeah and i distinctly remember like your episode talking about player collections how you'd i think was it walter payton was one you'd put together mm -hmm. you said yep. and and that you know those are that's cool to me to, to do that and you know and i of course i had that with murray early on my i i do tend to lean toward the playing day career you're you're absolutely right in that i mean if, if you had give me a choice of so brad you can get this shiny new 2020 car 2022 or 2020 card or one you need from 2000 or from 97 or 95 i'll take the old one every time of course but for me it's my main focus because you can't get it all and a matter of fact it's it's uh i looked at the numbers again today currently on the um beckett uh organizer which i do use to organize my collection he has about 5400 cards but from then that's from 77 to now 5400 but only about a thousand of those are from during his playing career from 77 to 97 so he had a 21 year run where he literally had a thousand cards while he was playing and in the 25 years since another 4500 have come out and it's every day as you well know it might if you collect any you know any superstar from the last many decades they have tons of cards coming out every day. And what makes it even more frustrating is that the vast majority of them that keep coming out, they're autos, they're certified autos, they're high end, you know, and it just comes to a point where you're like, I can only buy so many 60, 80, hundred dollar plus autos over and over and over of the new ones. I try to focus 
really for me, my main focus is like 2005 and back. Uh, he retired in 70 and 97. He got into the Hall of Fame in 03, and I went up there for that with my wife, had a great trip. I really like through the about 05, and there are certain sets after that that I also like, but for the most part, if I could get the vast majority of his stuff up to about 05, I'm happy with that, and I do have quite a bit of it. Uh, during his playing career, I probably have 95 or more percent of his stuff, uh, and then you know up to 05, you know, I don't know, maybe 75, 80 percent of it, something like that. You mentioned you know, going back to, to 77 and him getting started in 77, many people think about Eddie Murray, his, his card starting in 78 with the, right. the 78 tops. What does he have from 77? Well, there's not a lot. Um, if you look at the Beckett organizer, he has a, a, a Orioles photo album card. Uh, and it, it was, it was a book about yay by yay that had a, what amounted to like a postcard that you could, perforate and tear out i think you can tear them out uh, of all the oriole players i have the entire book uh, i don't know that i've got a one torn out i think i just have the book and i call that you know that's it sure he also had a orioles postcard from 1977 uh you know which yeah i've seen, seen vintage i've actually got a psa 9 of it i think uh, that i found um there's not a whole lot else from 77. I have some things from before that, like from his minor league career, like maybe a photograph of his one of his minor league teams and uh, certain books, you know, like team books from the minor leagues and stuff like that. But that's fairly limited. But yeah, Mo, you're right. Mo, his rookie, true rookie card, as people would call it, is 78 tops. And then the, and he's got OPG, of course. The only other 78s really that he has are Hostess, and uh Kellogg's so that's really the four 78 rookies that he has do you have a count on the total number of of uh Eddie Murray cards that you have I have a pretty accurate it still needs to get updated because I have been slack in recent months between work and other stuff but I am right at 3,700 unique items um in my collection and that's everything from cards to uh bobbleheads to magazines to um you know you name it all kinds of variety of things so about 3700 unique beyond that as far as duplicate cards i have several thousand more uh so but yeah unique items in my collections about 3700 right now how do you decide between the cards and the memorabilia like especially when it comes to the memorabilia that that opens up a whole nother can of worms of the types of, of memorabilia right. items that you could get. How do you focus in on what memorabilia is significant to you? Yeah. I mean, if I find stuff, I mean, I, you know, I, to tell you the truth, I, I might have a, and sad, I can't remember exactly. I might have a game used bat. I think I do. Uh, but for the most part, I really don't have much or anything that's game used. I mean, because that stuff is just so expensive nowadays. As you know, you get any Hall of Famers game used stuff, it's just going to explode uh, from that standpoint. I do have quite a few things that are autographed by him beyond the certified autos, which I have a ton of. I've got an autographed bat uh, or two. I've got an autographed Cleveland Indians, um, uh, Cleveland Indians batting helmet, which is actually behind me. You can see straight behind me there that's an autographed batting helmet for when he was with cleveland i've got autographed baseballs um probably the coolest item the neatest item that i have that's autographed 
is from the night with the Mets in 1992 when he broke Mickey Mantle's record for most career RBIs by a switch hitter. The record that Mantle had was 1509, and when Murray got his 1510th RBI, it was in 20 in 2000. It was in 92 with the Mets. Uh, one of the coaches saved a champagne bottle that they that they had in the in the uh, locker room afterwards as a congratulations for him. Murray signed it, and the coach kept it, and then he put it up on eBay several years ago with a little, you know, typed letter from him documenting what it was and everything. I paid like $200 for it. And I'm like, yeah. And I debated on that. And I'm like, I got to have it. I mean, well, you, you got to have that. So, so I have that. Uh, it's up here on the shelf. It's a bottle of champagne. Like I said, Murray did autograph it. It's got the, the letter of prominence with it. So that's a pretty cool item in my collection. Definitely kind of an oddball thing, but a cool thing. What's the most challenging thing that you've obtained at this point? The most challenging thing that I've obtained. Um, that's a good question. You know, I would say like one of one cards, but as you know, there, there are so many one of one cards now. It, you know, I, I don't even know exactly how many one of ones I have of Murray, but I have quite a few, uh, dozens of them that I have definitely have dozens of them at least. Um, and, and they're all of various values. I mean, it just depends on the set and this and that. What are and then is it autographed? Is it this? Is it that? So I've got a lot of cool ones from that standpoint. Um, I don't know what I would say is the most challenging. That's a tough question. So, I mean, I, I have an idea what some of my more valuable ones are, but that not isn't necessarily the most challenging ones that I have, you know, or things. But, yeah, I would definitely say, like I said, the champagne bottle is among the more unique things. Um, you know, I've got um, – yeah, that's like I said. It's really hard to say exactly what the what the most challenging would be. Is there one thing that you think is is one of the more meaningful items that you you've put together? One of some of your favorites, maybe? Yeah, I among you know, I even though I have the memorabilia and I have the bobbleheads and stuff like that, I've got his autographed and his regular Salvino, which is a you know the autographed Salvino is pretty tough, and I've got that. It's worth several hundred dollars. Um, Cards, I still lean more toward the cards, Mike, than I do, you know, even memorabilia and stuff, even though I, I like it all, um, you know, from that standpoint. But, um, you know, they, there are certain sets that I really like. Um, one of them is from 2005. There was a, I don't you may or may not be familiar with, it. it's called Upper Deck Hall of Fame. And it was a series that Upper Deck came out with. You know, it's a very high-end, very premium set that they came out with, kind of like Top Sterling, that kind of thing that Upper Deck did back then. It was when they had a baseball license, of course, which was good because it's got all the logos and everything on it. But that set, Murray has, believe it or not, about 180 unique items in that set alone, which is absolutely crazy. I have over 100 of them. So, uh, and there are one of ones. There are a lot of one of ones. I have many of them in one of one. Um, you know, there's autos, there's autos with game used, one of one, just rainbows without any game use. Or I mean, you name it, they run the gamut. Everything in there, pretty much, what makes it such a challenge is 180 cards, and virtually all of them are numbered to 25 or less. So, I mean, it's it's truly crazy. So a lot of them are 50, but a lot of them are 25 or less. And you get down into silvers and golds that are five and one of ones, and it's just crazy. So that's one of my favorite. I love the look of those cards. Um, you know, I, I try to acquire all of them that I can. 
There's actually one of them up on eBay right now and they want a thousand dollars for it. It's a one of one auto. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to have it, but I don't know that I'm going to go there for it right now. So, uh, but there's always that challenge. You, know, you, you look on eBay, if you're a super collector, there's always dozens and dozens of items you're looking at. Like, yeah, maybe one day, you know, they're always out there. Are there any meaningful Murray items that you're still on the hunt for things that you really want to add on that you just haven't been able to track down at this point? Yeah, there's a handful. I'd say again, among the cards that I would like to do, like I said, I'd like to get anything from, from 77 to 2005 or so that I don't have certainly from up to 97. Some of those are extremely hard to find. Like there's one of ones from 97 flare flare showcase masterpieces. I don't expect to ever find those or get those. Actually, I may know a fellow collector who has one of them or more, but I haven't really asked him, um, you know, things like that. One that I can tell, you know, the the one that got away or, you know, the, the biggest regret I have probably in the hobby. I remember being at the 1999 National, which was here in Atlanta, where I live. Um, and it was, at, I was at Dave and Adams, you know, who are pretty prominent in the thing. You maybe even had one of them as a guest. I can't remember, but um, I was at their booth and at the 99 Atlanta show and they had a 1996 select certified gold Murray card. There were only 30 of those made. They, they had it and they had a hundred dollars on it. And I hemmed and I hauled and I thought, and I thought, and I left it there like an idiot because now trying to find that card Again, there's one on eBay. The guy wants $3,700 for it. He's insane. But, you know, it's still, I know if I was ever going to buy it, it would cost me many hundreds of dollars at a minimum. And there are only 30 of them. It's not autographed. It's not. So it certainly wouldn't be, it wouldn't be anywhere near the rarest card I have. But that's just one of those sets that apparently is just so very popular and very hot within the, the hobby from those you know mid-90s insert days, parallel days. And that's just a tough one. So that's one that I that I regret not getting when I could have. Um, another one's that besides the 2005 Upper Deck Hall of Fame ones I mentioned, I'd like to pick up as many of those as I can. Um, 2008 Top Sterling, which is beyond my normal parameters, but it's another set that he has a gazillion cards. And he has a lot of, he had 11 base cards in that set, numbered to 250, and then a parallel to 50 and a parallel to, to 10 and a parallel to five and parallels are one on one. So there's like 55 parallels within this thing. I have all of them, but two of the gold, which are numbered to five. I don't have any of the one on ones, which were cherries. I don't have any of those, but I do have nine of the 11 golds, all of the burgundy, all of the, the all of the white, all of the regular. I'd like to pick up those two golds. I could get them if I can find them for 50 bucks, 60 bucks or less. Wouldn't be hard to find them money-wise. It's just finding them, you know, on eBay is probably the toughest thing. So those would be among the cards, the ones that kind of set my memory the most kind of on the want list. You talked about in your origin story, you know, when you got started collecting, it was helping build that relationship with your dad and deepen that relationship with your father you know, oh, yeah. you've talked about expanding into the, the Eddie Murray collection and, and expanding that from beyond just the playing days cards into somewhat of a super collection about Eddie Murray. I guess my question is, what motivates you to be a, a super collector? What is it about chasing all of these different unique Murray items that brings you joy? Yeah, I, I, 
I guess it's just how much I enjoyed watching him as a player. I mean, I followed him intently from 82, like I said. They won the World Series the next year. I followed his career intently, late 80s, all the way through 97. And when I say intently, for what I could back in the day, you watch every game that you can on TV. There weren't as many on TV back then as there are today. Um, you know, I was – I not only watched and collected cards, Mike, I was also like videotaping his games and collecting video highlights of when he got hits and homers and everything. Still have dozens of those tapes, you know, around in my collection. Um, you know, so just the joy he gave me as a player and as a favorite athlete of all time is kind of what does it. And, you know, it, it's what I have is, you know, it's a crazy amount of cards. I know that one day, some way, I don't expect my son who's not into sports or my nephew who's big into sports who are going to basically inherit largely what I have one of these days. I don't expect them to keep this Murray collection together. Good to say, I, I, I certainly would if I was them. They're going to want to sell off a lot of it for money. But I do hope that, you know, they, as a, you know, and my goal is to talk to both of them more and show them a lot of this stuff in a real detailed way kind of my favorites, why, they, why they're important to me and everything. I do hope they look at it and go, oh, I'd like to keep that, that, and that at least as a memory of, you know, why, what I did and the collection I had. But the vast majority of it I know will probably be sold off, you know, from that standpoint one of these days. But just probably the joy he brought me as a collector, as a viewer and, a, you know, a fan is probably one of the biggest reasons why I do what I do. I mean, he, he's a very underrated player, in my opinion, even though he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um he still owns several major league records 25 years after he's retired. He's got the most sack flies in the, in the history of the game. He's got the most RBIs, as I said, by a switch hitter, and that may never be broken. He's like 400 ahead of Mantle on that list um, with 1,917 RBIs. Uh, he was only the third player to get to 3,000 and 500 homers along with Aaron and Mays, which is pretty phenomenal. There's seven players now that have done that. And, you know, the ones that have been added are Pujols and, and uh, Cabrera and Palmero and A-Rod. And, of course, two of them are tainted by steroids. So it's still a pretty darn exclusive list. Um, you know, so he's just, you know, and and I, I think he's largely as well, I think, has been misunderstood a lot. Um, he was, you know, a great player, but he did not have a good relationship with the media, uh, clearly. Uh, you, there's numerous articles that I have and read about, you know, how he was standoffish with the media. Part of that goes back to, he got, felt like he got burned back in, early in his career one time, but, um, you know, it's, he's, he was a great player. He was an amazingly consistent player. Um, another thing I've mentioned before, I actually mentioned on one of the broadcasts with Dr. Beckett that, that I did that when the night that Cal Ripken Jr. broke the, the Lou Gehrig record, you know, 21-31. He only thanked four people in his speech after the game that that night in per, you know, in, in particular, his mom, his dad, his wife, and Eddie Murray. So I'm like, that's that's pretty high praise for what Murray meant to Ripken's career, that he singled him out like that and talked about how when he came to the majors, Murray showed him the way, showed him how important it was to be in the lineup every day, you know, things like that. So I mean. Murray didn't play in 2,000 straight games, but he played in, you know, 1,980 of those 2,000 or whatever. He 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 was very consistent, played in 150 games virtually every year. 
and you know was a big mentor obviously to to uh, Ripken from that standpoint. Well, hey, I really appreciate you spending a few minutes joining me today talking about your Murray collection. If anybody out there has one of these key Murray cards that you might be after, how can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. They could certainly do that, Mike. I'm really not uh, much in social media, but probably the easiest way to get me would quite frankly be to text me or call me. My cell phone number is 404-444-9393. And that's really probably the easiest way. Um, they could also email me at bradaskew at comcast.net. That's probably the easiest ways to get me uh, from that standpoint. Well, there you go. Not everybody's willing to put their their cell phone number out there, but when it comes down to obtaining some of those key cards that you still need for a super collection, some of sometimes us collectors are willing to, to go that extra mile to, to, to track down those cards. Well, thanks again, Brad. I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure and hope to do it again one day and keep up the great work. You do a wonderful job with your podcast. I really enjoy it. Like the athletes we admire, the sports card shop is changing the game. We're not launching threes, bombing drives, or hitting dingers, but we have built a unique gathering spot for all collectors to trade cards, talk sports, play games, and watch their favorite athletes on the big screens. Yes, we've partnered with Panini, Upper Deck, Leaf, Tops, Fanatics, Pokemon, and others to bring you all the latest in sealed wax and singles. But the sports card shop in New Buffalo, Michigan is much, much more. Our recent expansion brings collectible sneakers, Hot Wheels, and more sports and entertainment memorabilia into the mix. Our new Collector's Cave Game Room is the perfect place to throw a rip party, bring friends, rip packs, trade cards, play billiards, ping pong, shuffleboard, classic arcade, and Xbox games, all while watching your favorite sport on TV. Visit us at thesportscardshop.com. Follow us on social at underscore sports card shop or better yet, visit us in person to learn about special events, party packages, new products and everything we're doing for you. The Sports Card Shop, connecting people, sports and the hobby around the world. Well, Eddie Murray probably doesn't get the hobby wide recognition that he deserves for the quality player that he was. But when you're a super collector, you don't care. When we super collect our favorite players, we don't care about the hobby-wide recognition. We care about the personal connection we have to that athlete or that entertainer. And that is what drives us to acquire their cards and build out a collection of some of their most meaningful cards, at least meaningful to us. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Brad. Let me know what you think about this episode by reaching out via email at waxpackhero at gmail.com, on Twitter at themikesummer, on TikTok or Instagram at waxpackhero. I'd love to hear any feedback that you've got for the show. Well, that is all I have for you this week, so I'll catch you next time.